And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers who are one victory away from winning it all. And I mean it all, Pedro. Yep, that's right, Andy. The Dodgers are likely, but uncertain still, to win the World Series. How about that, huh? This has been a fun series, huh? Yeah, yeah. The last two rounds, good matchups, entertaining baseball, some wild decisions, some wild plays. Oh my God, are we going to even unpack what happened on Saturday? Yeah, but I've, I've enjoyed it, and I know you have as well. It's been, um, yeah, it's been fun. Where do you think we should start, Saturday or Sunday? Oh boy. Um... <laughs> Quite the reversal of fortune, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, I suppose let's go chronologically. How about Saturday, huh? What were you thinking as that all unfolded? I literally gasped at the ending because it just, you know, like I've been doing this job for 11 years now, maybe 12, I don't even remember, 11, I think at least. And like, you know, you think that you've kind of seen everything and I had just never seen that you sort of have an idea of like how plays go and like what happens. And so like even listening to Joe Buck's call when he mentioned that like a Rosarena was had fallen, I was sort of confused as why a Rosarena was even involved in the play. Like he should just be holding it third, you know? And so you're I was already like and you know, I'm I'm looking at the screen so I can't see it. So I'm like waiting for a Rosarena to appear and then you realize the baseball's gone. It was just yeah, I mean it was really disorienting. It reminded me of something I've heard a lot about, which is that Rajay Davis home run in the World Series, which I've heard from several baseball writers was the most remarkable postseason event they'd witnessed. You know, and the, there's yes, the, I would, and, and people I standing would up and cursing and just everyone chaos within within a professional environment. And you know, within my home environment, that was also my reaction. You know, I felt like I had, <laughs> I had experienced the same sort of thing. Where I think you hit it that there's only. You know, ninety-eight percent of the plays are within the realm of the pos- of, of what I've seen before at this point. Maybe that's a slight over exaggeration, but the vast majority. And that play was just it wrecked anything that I'd ever expected before. I guess we're not tilling any new ground now that I think about this. I mean, I'm sure fans, everyone listening, to this felt the same way. I mean, we're all we're all in unison in this. <laughs> I mean, yes, it was it was uh, it was outrageous. It was outrageous. Okay, so here's here's my question to you. Right. And like Dave Roberts obviously is getting he gets too much criticism, you know, because he's under the spotlight and he's basically responsible for everything that happens on in the game. Right. Basically, like every pitching decision that goes, you know, poorly is his fault. And then every time it goes well, he's, you know, all the right moves. But it did seem to me that there was a like a notable difference in the way he managed game four in terms of the indecision and the way he managed game five, in which he seemed to have a very, very tight script of what he wanted to do. What do you, how do you account for sort of the differentiation just game to game and how they're doing things? 
It's a very good question, Andy, and it's hard to say, you know, with specific certainty. But I'm gonna, I mean, I, I can give you, I guess, you know, one one inference for how maybe this has gone down. It also could be extremely wrong. I'd like to to begin with begin with that game four of the NLCS, right? Dave Roberts left Clayton Kershaw in at least one batter too long, maybe two to three, depending on your perspective. It's cut and dried. There's not no debate in there. And, you know, Dave didn't say so immediately after the game, but, you know, he's he's a smart man. I'm sure in the times after that, he understood. He You know, he doesn't have to come out and admit everything that he's reconsidered over time, right? And so, you know, whether you, how much conversation he, there was had with the rest of the, you know, with the rest of the team's uh, decision-making staff, their organization, in the days after that, you know, we there was some for sure, probably quite a bit. You know, this is this is a communication-driven organization. You know, you could view it as he made he made a mistake, a relatively minor mistake, but in the playoffs, you know, even the most even one batter can you know hinge things, and the team decided to have you know to to basically nail down again. I mean, it's sort of like the rest of life. When you make a mistake, you're more likely to correct it. I guess a, a big mistake, you correct it, and then and then you do the right things for let's say uh, however many games that was uh, three six games he did he did you know largely the extremely correct things day after day and then you know he reverted he reverted to some instinctual decision making i think with the bias thing in the bias thing we should probably zero in on is like really just like the the kershaw one battered ozuna was the was the key identifiable mistake i think the identifiable mistake in game four is you know telling your reliever that he's done Minutes later, after the team has had at bats, after I believe there's been a pitching change on the other side, you go back and tell the reliever, "Hey, are you good?" And the reliever tells you, you know, vehemently, according to Ken Rosenthal, who witnessed this conversation, that he is good. But you know, you ask the question, "What is the reliever supposed to say when the manager asks him?" And then, based on that conversation, he he brings the reliever back in the game. And there's also the question. I mean, and that, you know, that's a that's a fundamental rule, right? You don't tell athletes they are done for competition and then bring them back into competition. And then there's also the question of, was he even the best option to pitch that inning anyway, right? <laughs> right. So, so to sum that all up, that to me was, you know, a large mistake. Uh, it's still, you know, the Dodgers still could very well have won that game, right? We, you know, even accepting that mistake, but they did not. You know, maybe after that, it was, it's, th- we are now seeing what we did after game four of the NLCS, where after a mistake, he, there is a conversation and there's a, you know, a recommitment to making decisions not on instincts and on what the, um, you know, the plan is instead. You know, all sides were really insistent about how they followed the plan last night and, and removed Kershaw after precisely 21 batters, even though he had obtained the last two outs on two, on two pitches. And even though, you know, the team's leader, Justin Turner, somewhat vehemently, it seemed, argued for uh, that decision to be reversed on the field. So it was a it was a quite an interesting turn of events, but uh, you cannot. I, I think what Dave Roberts did in Game Five made a lot of sense. You know, Dustin May had been on more rest than he's had often this postseason, at least three full days. He seemed calmer. You know, that's something that the manager can actually discern more than anyone else, right? If he's talking to this player all the time and he understands what May's attitude has been like earlier in the postseason, he understands what it, what it's like uh, on Sunday before the game. I, I believe that he can he can tell how how he will handle it. And then he went to, you know, his other good relievers. Uh, he went to, you know, the interesting thing about Trinan is that... Um, big Vic? Victor Gonzalez has been good this year, you know, pretty much I all know, season. I know, And Trinan, you know, know, this is now, I believe, three times that he's pitched on back-to-back-to-back days in the postseason. And each time, the second time, he's been inferior to the third. 
he looked okay. I mean, obviously the the Rays sort of made it easier on him, but he looked okay. And yeah, I mean, also I you know who if not him, who else are you going to use in that spot? That's a long winded way of saying I think he learned. You know, the the same decision did obviously not come into play again. But I think you you see some evidence, in my opinion, that he's been learning. Well, I think yeah, and I think you you hit it right on the head that the two games were very different, right? But it seems very clear that they had a precise sort of plan that they wanted to follow in game five and they were going to follow it whereas you know you there's no plan that that calls for Pedro Baez to go back out for the seventh you know that's not in the script I do want to make a point and we've kind of talked about this on the show before and I think at this time of year when managers make decisions and they go wrong uh, the manager always gets blamed and I try and kind of put them in two separate buckets um, I, I, you know, I, I guess the easiest way to describe it would be, you know, marginal decisions and malpractice, if that makes sense. And I think the overwhelming majority of decisions are marginal. You know, Kevin Cash letting letting Tyler Glasnow go a third time through the order, uh, that seems marginal to me. Um, Dave Roberts choosing Kenley Jansen over Bruce Dark Greaterall for the the ninth inning in Game Four, that seems marginal to me. Like, in and I can see it both ways. Like, I may you know lean towards one or the other, and it might be you know a sixty forty. Before it's worth talking about, from our perspective, I think it needs to be higher than sixty forty, right? Is 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 your point? Well, sure, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's a lot closer to a coin flip than people you know believe. But I think there are decisions that count as malpractice, and those are the ones that, at the very least, for reporters, right? You know, it's important for us to sort of drill down on like what is just kind of standard issue man it sucks being a manager versus like wow this guy bungled it and to me like the bias thing that's a that's a that's a bungling like i don't think there's really a way around that you know and 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 to robert's credit he basically owned it he said i screwed up there's not really much more to be said after that he admitted he he made a mistake and he kind of vowed I didn't, didn't vow, but like the next night he was, was going to stick yeah. with the plan. Yeah. Um, you know, you can quibble with taking out May. It seemed to me like I kind of would have ridden him, but they wanted, they got what they wanted out of him. I think He's they wanted him for game for, six. Yeah. yeah he'll, he'll be around for game six and you know, they're in a, in a really good position and, you know, credit to, to Victor Gonzalez for, you know, throwing this sort of spin that was able to get a Rosarena out credit to Cody Bellinger for uh, making a, a nice little play for the third out. And, you know, all of a sudden they escape. And so, um, you know, I was talking with a, with a guy who's, who's been a big league manager, you know, before today. And, and he was, you know, just, just kind of pointing out like, you know, so like he, he even said, he said, managing sucks. Like, it's just, it's a hard job. And especially when you manage on a good team, like, your decisions get raked over the coals. I mean, Dave Roberts, I, you know, I wrote this last night. I mean, he's been the manager of this team for five years. They've been playing in the postseason for five years, which means every decision, like his lineups, uh, who he chooses to start, you know, whether it's Kershaw in game one or two, but relief decisions, they've all just been examined under the microscope. I mean, he's been booed by his own fans. You know, he's been ripped by, you know, Donald Trump. I mean, the guy is like, War has had to, you know, wear a lot of this. I think a good bit of it's been deserved, but like there also is, you know, something to be said for kind of the man in the arena who keeps coming back and, and doing this. You the know, man what I in mean? the arena. Yeah, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We're in agreement that there have been a few things that he's done in this postseason that have been wrong and have hurt the team, right? The Dodgers are good enough that... That fit into the malpractice category. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other ones to me, I just don't even... I'm not even going to call wrong because he knows more than we do. There's no way to parse. Like, it's just, you know, Gratterall's been not good against left-handed hitters. Jansen's been better. I don't... You know, he had had good stuff before. It's not. It's just not even, you know, we can't say with any certainty that, it, that it's an error. But, you know, to tell a reliever who's not one of your best relievers that he's done and then change your mind and get, extend him past where he's comfortable after he's been cooling down is obviously wrong. Um, but what I will say about Dave Roberts is that, you know, and this is proven true, I think, time and time again in the postseason. What does he manage? Like seven, 60 postseason games? Something like that? <laughs> he's managed a lot, um, yeah. He bounces back. He bounces back in a way that... A lot of people don't. I mean, it's, it, you know, the way he responded to, you could be blunt and call it, the way he responded to failing in game four was to to come back and be ready to, to succeed in getting game five, you know, and, and it, it did not hinder his performance, you know, and if anything, it sharpened it. So, you know, and obviously his players helped. I mean, Victor Gonzalez, like, just those two outs were, I mean, <laughs> they were like two of the highest leverage outs of this, you know, like Dodgers entire era. And for him to get them was incredible. I've been looking a lot at championship win probability this postseason, you know, not just to just just sort of see like what the metrics say about like who is what situations are most valuable because sometimes I think we lose sight of what what means the most in the series, like which play and then which player adds up the most. And I think I've been thinking about like where I would put Roberts on that list, you know, and it because that's the only thing that's not measured, obviously, which is why we BBWA messes up the manager of the year votes year after year <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. everyone just looks at the numbers for everything else. And then when they get to the manager, we just rate, uh, okay, who did we think was going to be bad and who is good? Whose team got hurt yeah. a lot? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> ultimately, I think he's in the he's in the positive. You know, the Dodgers have actually a lot of players in the negative in championship win probability added. But um, I think Roberts would be you know over zero in terms of what he has done for the Dodgers' chances in throughout this month. I do want to point out that if you have watched Dodgers baseball over the past five years, over the past ten years and you are clamoring for them to push Clayton Kershaw deeper into a postseason game, then perhaps you have not been watching. Were people doing that? Is that a thing? Yes. Oh, my Lord. Yes. How many times do you have to watch this man just be asked to do too much before you can, like... Like, the story of Clayton Kershaw in the postseason, above all else, is a man being asked to do too much. 
to go one inning too long, one batter too long, one game too many on short rest, whatever. Is there any debate about this? I feel like this is this is. This oh is, yes. Oh no. Yes. Well, I mean, yes, that, there's yeah. there should not be a debate. That's a that's a certified. I mean, yeah, on the broadcast, on you know, among sort of analysts on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, yes. Who are sort of analysts on Twitter? <laughs> like, like people who work in our business, Pedro. <laughs> like not my mentions. Like people with blue check marks. Okay, uh, Andy. I mean, wh- what? <laughs> Whoa, you're fine. You're, you're really disco. I know. No, I mean, it's just. I am aware. The, the, I am the aware. The damage that can be done by uh, it's <laughs> leaving. I thought it was perfect time. And in fact, I would I would have thought it was perfectly fine to remove him before the sixth inning began. He did not have great stuff in that game. I know. Uh, it's just like. I don't know. If if you don't see that, then you're not watching any. You're not watching what I'm watching. Well, who's what? I mean, but but Pedro, you know, it's like, what do you think is going to be more? I mean, it's just recency bias, right? He got two pitches on two outs, so you know, wasn't that's the what, first one pretty hard hit? Yes, it was, but it was caught. <laughs> but so it was a hard out. hit. I don't know. Again, we we probably. You and I just have differing. Uh, uh, you have uh, more uh, blinders on, I would say, in general than I do, which I think is great. Which I don't think is a, is a negative quality. So I am probably taking in more sort of uh, conventional wisdom than you are. But yes, I mean the general reaction on you know like Twitter.com, and again, not from my mentions, uh, but from people I actually follow and respect. The broadcast, former players or current players who are on Twitter, you know, the reaction was, "You have to stick with Kershaw there. I don't like this move." And to me, it's just like, wh- how many times do you have to watch this man be asked to do too much before you can accept that maybe it's okay to ask him to do slightly too little? I'm with you. I was watching the broadcast. They, I didn't. I didn't hear what I thought was criticism of that move. But I mean, well, not as much as they were fired up about uh, Dustin May uh, coming out of the game. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that was like, yeah, because of course, you know, as of course, like uh, Cash did a little bit of uh, checkers there and got the platoon advantage back. Uh, with Brasso, and you're just like, oh boy, like they just took out May for they took out May and lost the platoon advantage, like ay. But he, you know, after Brasso walked, he was able to get by uh, Rosarena and Lau, right? I think, and get out of it. I think the Dodgers knew that that was going to happen, that he was going to burn Choi, and I think part of that is that you don't have Choi then in the ninth. It seemed like they were not surprised by it, and I guess like it's unclear how good Brasso really is. Yeah, you know, because like, numbers I've are very good. Take has been amazing, but I understand that he's like an undrafted player and like probably not this good. I, I don't get it, but I've seen him take some crazy good abs. No, no, I, I totally agree, and like he's had lots of great at bats. But you also wonder, like, why isn't this guy in the starting? Yeah, line? I was thinking about that actually. What the hell, man? That the, 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 the <laughs> chat, like I, I have seen him have two of the ten best abs that I've watched this postseason. Yeah, I mean the ab he took against Gonzalez was very. very I'm good. referring to that as one of the two actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly how good th- good that guy is because his numbers are great. As we, we've said, we've both seen him take good at-bats, but he also doesn't play very much. Yeah, and so, I don't think you know, the Rays would be would be sitting him night after night if he did, if he was if they thought he was a 900 OPS player. Yeah, considering the Rays have some issues scoring points, like you'd think you'd, but, you know, it's also like what position does he really play? Like, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I guess he's not going to really play second base, you know, over Lau. He's not going to play third over Wendell. So, eh, whatever. Anyway. Ooh, Wendell in, um, in uh, game five really cost him, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, Adamez is, is also pretty uh, pretty off-kilter. Uh, Kershaw striking him out at one point during one of those rallies, I believe before the stolen Yeah, the stolen three home. pitches, yeah. And it, and it wasn't even a good curveball that he chased outside. The yeah, it was, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty bad the, those, That sequence, I mean, yes, he pitched well to get out of it, but to, to, Wendell popped out on a 1-0 pitch inside when Adamas took th- it struck out swinging on three pitches. I mean, that's, yeah, and that's the middle of their lineup, is it not? I mean, that's a, oof. You can't be doing it's the, it. It's the, yeah, it's the, you know, middle, back middle, but yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, the Dodgers 5-6 hitters don't don't often get into ABs like that. Well, Cody Bellinger's batting 150 again, but whatever. <laughs> are you going to are you gonna be one of those batting average guys? Let's just be glad certain columns won't see the light of day. What's the on-base percentage in the postseason? Let's see. Come on, he has not been very good. He's been fine. At, at the plate? He's been fine. On base is 330, slug is 476 in the postseason. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, for your number six hitter, that's fine. <laughs> you you want to litigate who's better between the Rays six hitter? I believe that's Adamas. And that, yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's. So it's, they were six and seven. I thought they were five and six. Yeah, Wendell. But Wendell, I mean, and then and then in the ninth, I didn't think he took a very, I mean, that, that was not great against Trinity either. The Rays are a very good team and they do a lot of things really well. But, you know, they're also like, you're kind of seeing their limitations going up against superstars in a way, right? Like, you know, like Tyler Glasnow is a, a, a good pitcher, like a really good pitcher. And, uh, you know, he pitched fine. It just shows you how hard um, it is to finish seven in, six or seven innings against the Dodgers, man. Yeah. It's like, it's just, that's, yeah. Anyone should get, anyone who did that this year should get an award. Like if you, if you finished seven innings against the 2020 Dodgers. <laughs> right. Holy right. crap. I mean, think, think about how, how well Blake Snell pitched in game two. I was he thinking about that again this morning. Finish the I mean, fifth. it was remarkable. That is an amazing thing. That guy is a you know a, not a young pitcher who they're being careful with. I mean he's young, but it's it's it was not any other reason other than the Dodgers just wore him down, and it's remarkable. It really is considering how good he looked. That's one of the more remarkable feats of this postseason for them. Yeah, I mean, and you can even look at just the way that the Dodgers have had success against Tampa Bay's bullpen. And I know some of those guys, you know, like Anderson was kind of struggling coming in, but like they have made those relievers look like relievers again in a lot of sequences. You know, not every time, but like when the Rays get a lead in this series on the rare times it's you know it's happened, like that the lead doesn't exactly feel safe when their bullpen comes in. No, which is just a credit I wonder how to different that would be offense. if Anderson was this, the, what he was until the last until the, like the DS. Well, I mean, there's also a question though of like why he was as good as he was to begin with. I mean, maybe there's just like you know more tape out on him. Yeah, I mean, it'd been a year, but yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're right. Um, it was interesting that they didn't use either of those guys in a close game yesterday, so they're they're geared up for the following games. So let's talk real quick. Game six, Tony Gonsolin and Blake Snell. Yeah, we've seen it once before, huh? This time, the Dodgers have done what seems to be the smart thing to me. And, um, you know, given Gonsolin time to prepare for this start, given him rest, and given him two days notice that he is going to start. You know, it's not an opener thing. I mean, he could be pulled after four outs or whatever, but it will be because of ineffectiveness, not because of the, of the plan. And the Dodgers don't need to manage this game as urgently as the Rays do. Gonsolin, you know, was a good pitcher this season. He has he has strikeout stuff. He has good command. Um, if he pitches uh, the way he's capable of, he can compete with Snell and give the chance the Dodgers a chance. I have seen that people are upset about the Dodgers' decision to start him and not start you know Walker Buehler on short rest, which is you know funny. <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy that. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, what what is an industry are we doing? Yeah, Gonsolin is um is a good pitcher. I, you know, the evidence shows so far in his career, and uh, the Dodgers uh, are trusting him. And if he is not good, they will uh, they will pivot. May will be available. You know, and Wood will probably pitch. You know, who was good in his last outing. Yeah, and then they have Bueller in Game Seven again, uh, who has been. Unbeatable. Do you think they'll have? 
Urias for Game Six? No, but for Game Seven, yes. Dave, Dave Roberts specifically said this morning that Urias will not be available in Game Six, but will be available in Game Seven. So that means for Game Six, they can have Gratterall, they can have Jansen, they will have May, they'll have Gonzalez, they'll have I guess Trinan. Although four out of five for Trinan's a lot to ask. Um, and then they can still have Bueller and Urias for Game 7. They'll probably save, I would imagine, one of Trinan, Jansen, and Gratterall, or one of Trinan and Gratterall, I would bet. Unless this is like, yeah, they're going to use them in, in uh, game. They're saving for Game 7. Yeah, I mean, if they get to Game 7, I mean, it seems like you just give the ball to Bueller, and then you give the ball to Urias, and then you see where you're at. You know, obviously, Game 7 is an uncomfortable position, but Walker Buehler has been, you know, his last two outings are, have been his peak this year. And that's, a, you know, that's a very comfortable position as far as options. So, it's he, how are you going to beat that guy the way he pitched in Game 3? <laughs> Hard to say. He's been, he's absolutely dominated his last two starts. 16 strikeouts, one walk, bunch of soft contact. I like that position. But, you know, Charlie Morton's pretty good, too. That's also true. Well, hey, the Dodgers are in a very good spot. We will see what happens. We will be back later this week to talk about uh, the end of the Dodgers season, whether they won it all or whether they broke all your hearts all over again. Stop back later this week. Have a good one.